0: What's good, sis? It's Farron, and this is the Asking Podcast. First off, I want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to come and catch this vibe from the south side of the kingdom. Your girl is out here. And like many other mighty women of God, I'm living life by faith. And I'm standing firm and believing that there is a word for every single aspect of this life. Because, see, it's all spiritual at the root. Now, I don't know about you, but I be wanting to know, what's the word? How do I apply it? Sis, I be having questions. (laughs) Questions that have answers if we just ask. Now, the Bible says we have not because we ask not, right? Well, it won't be me. I am here, and I am asking, seeking, knocking. And I look forward to you joining me here on the podcast where we're asking questions, encouraging conversation and community for the edification of its children. Yes. <laughs> so if you're here with me right now, I want to again say thank you for tuning in thus far. And I really hope you stick around for episodes to come. It's Farron, and this is the Asking Podcast. Welcome. you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I come to you in the name of Jesus, asking that you have your way in this space. Have your way. Mm. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Y'all, listen. Ooh, listen, listen, listen. This past, it's been over 24 hours now, but this... Past couple days has been, mm, it has been glory be to God. Let me tell y'all. So, I'm just gonna jump right into it. So, a year ago, July 27th, 2022, to be exact, my at the time two and a half month old son started seizing out of nowhere, y'all. He started seizing out of nowhere. Mind you, this is eight days after my mother transitioned. I remember the day so vividly. It was a normal day up until that point. But I remember looking at him. He had been fussy. He took a nap. He woke up. He was still fussy. And I'm looking at my baby, and his right arm and hand was twitching. And then his right eye began to twitch. At that moment, I told my oldest son, I'm like, listen, call 911. In that moment, y'all, I felt like... I felt like... I was crumbling. I remember being on the phone, calling 911, but then on the other phone, I think my youngest sister was on the phone. Yeah, she was. And I was telling her, like, I can't take no more. Like, I cannot take no more. Like, I felt like the life was being drained from me in that moment. And so the paramedics arrive. We get to the hospital. He's still, like, having these twitching, which I even in that moment was like, that looks like a seizure. And of course it turned out to be, he was seizing. Um, And I remember they called me out of the emergency room where my two other, well, all three of my kids are. So the baby who's two and a half months, who's experiencing the episodes. And then my one and a half year old and my son at the time was 14, my oldest son. And y'all, they call me outside the room and it's all these professionals and they look me in my face and they tell me that my son's brain is bleeding. Now in that moment I was so confused because I'm with my kids 24-7. He hasn't been dropped. There's nothing that's happened to him. So my mind begins to just spin. Like, what could have happened in the couple seconds I ran to the restroom? Or like what could have happened in the few split seconds that I'm not right there where I can see him physically? Um, my mind is just spiraling. The enemy is having its way, but just 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 doing a thing. And they tell me, they like, nah, man, we ruled our trauma already before we even came over here. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what they pretty much told me. And not long after that, while we're still in the emergency room, they tell me that my son has AVM. I had never heard of that before, but it turned out to be a malformation of the brain vessels where they're tangled and all the things. And because of this, my son had two aneurysms that had been formed and unbeknownst to me, they had a rupture which caused the brain hemorrhaging, which caused the seizures. Mm, help me, Holy Spirit. Y'all, that day, it still feels fresh in my mind just telling the testimony of it every time. And so everything goes pretty fast after that. So they get a room upstairs in the, in the NICU. He has all these cords being hooked up and they have his arm in this thing, in this like to keeping his arm from bending while he's still seizing, and it just goes pretty fast. He goes into surgery within the next forty eight hours, and I remember sitting in the room, you know, around the time he's going into surgery, and I prayed to God, and I was just like in my mind, you know, I believe my mother. I believed for her healing, but then she she passed. So I sat there with God and I was like, you know what? I'm believing that this sickness will not end in death for my son. I fell to believe that he's gonna experience premature death. And I'm not saying that I'm more worthy than anybody else, Lord, but I'm believing you to heal my son. In the moment I did not understand why. The prayers I was praying for my mother to be healed did not work. But let me be clear. She, my mother had had a scare where her organs began to fail two years before 2022 and 2020. And um, within three days, the failure of her organs had been reversed. So I had watched God heal her before. My mother had breast cancer diagnosed in 2010, but that was in remission for years. So God had done it before, but I couldn't make sense why he didn't do it again but I chose not to lean onto my own understanding. Amen. But in this moment, I was like, no, Lord, I, I am believing for you to heal my son. But then I told God, I said, but even if you don't do it on this side of the earth, my theology will not change. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God who heals. But I am petitioning. I am coming to you in the name of Jesus. And I am asking that my son does not die. And I'm paraphrasing. I actually recorded the prayer, but then it ended up getting deleted. I believe it was for the best because that was a conversation just between God and I. So when the surgeon comes in, um, I'm talking to her, she's explaining to me the procedure and the way it's gonna go and and all the protocol and everything and I and I looked at her and I I was talking to her just letting her know you know how I felt but then I asked her I was like are you a are you a woman of faith are you a believer and she said yes I am I said good so I remember praying over her hands professing to her that my son would not die she also told me that they'd never performed the surgery on a baby that young because typically this happens at eight or 10 years old or older, and I was like, okay, well, then that just means my son is going to be the blueprint for a successful surgery. I let her know that her hands were anointed and gifted to do the same successful surgery she'd done on older people on my son. And if he had to be the blueprint for that surgery, for her to know that she had the ability to perform that surgery on his age of babies and even younger, then so be it. They kept saying stuff like it was atypical. They kept saying stuff like nothing made sense. I said, well, you know what? When nothing makes sense, that means God is up to something. I just kept the word. I did not realize, even in that moment, it took me into hindsight afterwards to to see how everything that was happening in 2022 and in that moment with my son was the testing of my faith, the strengthening of my faith. I did not know That I was that rooted until everything began to look like it was falling apart. Y'all have to excuse me because I'm getting a little emotional. So um, I pray over her hands. I pray with her. We pray. She prays. And they leave and go to surgery. Of course, when they took him down, I was there with them. Um, The anesthesiologist, they talked to me. um, All the things, all the procedures. And so they told me the surgery would take like five hours. I go back up and I continue to pray to God. I sit there, but I had this peace. This peace that I know now is the peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace that God gives to us that we do not get from the world, but his peace. I had that peace in that place. She walks back in, I kid you not, about two and a half hours in and my heart stinks. Because mind you now, they told me the surgery would take like five hours. But she tells me immediately, no, stand up. Stand up, Miss Davis. The surgery was a success. Me and that surgeon began to praise the Lord right then and there in that hospital room. So they, didn't, they tell me that because of the embolization of the aneurysms that um, my son did suffer a, a, a small stroke. And so... And I'm paraphrasing everything, of course. I'm not saying everything verbatim, but they did anticipate his motor skills and he could possibly have some delays. First of all, testimony to that because my son is doing everything on time. (laughs) My son was speeding across the apartment in the walker post-surgery, well, not right after because of course he was only three months, but at six and a half, seven months, he's speeding around the house. If you looked at my son, you would never know that he had gone through these things physically, but let me tell y'all, God healed my son. So every appointment after I declared that he is healed, not will be healed, but is healed in the name of Jesus. My son had been intubated for a whole week. The moment they took the tube out of him, he was ready to eat. Do you hear me? So fast forward, they do MRIs around the end of the year because we get out of the hospital. After two weeks, he comes home. He's doing well. He's on medication for the seizures, for the sodium levels, all the things that they need to do to ensure that he's going to have a progressive post-op. One of the MRIs afterwards, uh, towards the end of the year, 2022, they see another area that needs to be, that needs to have an intervention. And so they schedule another surgery for January 19th of this year, 2023. I never stopped professing that he was healed. I never stopped praying over my son. I begin to lay hands because the scripture tells me, the scripture tells me that as a believer, that healing is not only the children's bread, but that I'm also a child of God because I believe and I serve the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? So there's that. But also that I have the power to heal the sick, to cast out demons. So I'm like, you know what, Lord, we're going to tap into this power. By faith, I don't know if I have the power. Your word says I I can do these things, so I'm so I guess I can do these things. Amen. Not by my might, nor by no power of my own, but by your strength, by your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So I I continue to lay hands on on my son. Now, my you know the enemy is doing a thing with my mental health around this time. So after my mother's passing, and my son, and like I'm standing firm in faith, but I'm also Whew, I'm also getting hit left and right. Like, it's doing a thing on me. So come January, the day of, the morning of his surgery, I, I am crying, but I'm laying hands on my son. I'm like, my son seems perfectly fine, Lord God. So I have to go hand these people my baby and let them go in and mess with this brain again and trust, trust in you that they're going to hand me back my son just as good or even better than when he went in. And as a mother, Lord, that's hard. I believe that he is healed. I don't know why. I don't know why we have to go through this again, but Lord, I trust you. But I'm believing when they go in to do the surgery on this brain, Lord God, that they're going to go in and realize that you've already healed him and there will be nothing to operate on. I'm talking about, I'm going in and I'm standing on this and I'm going to testify. And this is what I'm telling the Lord. I'm going to testify to the miraculous powers of your name because by your stripes, he is healed. So we get to the hospital. This is January 19th of this year. He goes in. We get there like 6.30. He goes in. They do all the prep work. And I go down to the cafeteria to eat lunch because it's hours have passed by this time. And as I'm eating my lunch, I get a call from the surgeon. And she's like, "Miss Davis, where are you? I'm like, I'm in the cafeteria. She's like, I need you to come back upstairs. We don't need to do the surgery. His brain is healing itself. I began to shout and praise the name of the Lord in that cafeteria. People looking at me crazy, but let me tell you something. I don't care. I don't care. Do you hear me? So I go back upstairs and she comes out to talk to me and she looks at me and she say, "Miss Davis, when do you know he was healed? I say, you know what? I refuse to believe that he wasn't. Because the word of God, the Lord that we serve says, by my stripes, you are healed. Not shall be healed, not possibly will be healed, not could be healed, but you are healed. So I stood on that. And it is so. Again, we praise the Lord because this is the surgeon. That's the believer. Yes, Lord. So that happens. We go home. Everything's everything, right? So. A couple months ago, we go in for another follow-up and the neurosurgeon, I'm testifying to the healing that took place in January. And he tells me, he said, well, you know, AVMs are tricky. So just in, to be safe, we're still monitoring, of course. So we're going to go back in and take a look. We're going to do an MRI to take a look. So the MRI was July 3rd and the reports were like, okay, we see something that may be needing some intervention. So we're going to schedule an angiogram which was just two days, ago, two days ago, Lord Jesus, was just yesterday. Holy Spirit, have your way. Amen. Um. So they tell me they're going to schedule angiogram. So I get the call. We're scheduling for J- July 28th. We need you to be here at this time. And so they tell me, we're going in to take a look, but I want you to know that if we find something, we're going to operate on the spot. But if it's something too complicated to embolize on the spot, we're going to have to schedule the intervention to operate. I say, okay but I prayed the same prayer because my son is healed he is healed and lord you do, you are not a man that you should lie you are not going to overturn your word i'm we're standing on the word and that is that so i'm going to believe the same thing I believe. It's time to just testify to the miraculous powers of Jesus again. These doctors need to see that the healing is real. These doctors need to know that what I'm saying, Jesus healed my son and it is so. They need to see it again for themselves. They need to make sure because maybe they don't believe like I believe. So they need to see it again for themselves. That's fine. And if just so happened, Something has popped up that was not there before that I'm trusting that it will be another successful surgery with another successful post-op, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm. What's the word? Another opportunity, let me calm down, for God to show his power true. Because every time they do a surgery, they say that he might have some delays, but then there's never no delays. So either way you swing it. God's power is going to be made manifest around here. Do you hear me? So, but I'm believing that they're going to go in again and find nothing. So, we're at the hospital yesterday. We get there at 6 30. They start doing the process again. I'm in the cafeteria of this hospital. And what do I get? I get a call. Miss Davis, where are you? I'm downstairs in the cafeteria. Come back upstairs. We don't need to do the surgery. Everything looks good. He needs no intervention. He needs no surgery. Well, this time, I just said, okay. And what do I do again? I testify to the healing to the nurse. I testify to the healing of Jesus with the um the recovery lady who's watching over him as the anesthesia wears off. And I say all this to say, no word from God will ever fail. I know there are many cases of premature death. I know there are many cases where people pray for believing, pray and believe for a healing, and it does not happen in the way that they thought. But I know what God spoke to me in the hospital room. I know what God said to me regarding the situation. This sickness will not end in death. He will live. He will live a long life here on earth as a disciple of Christ. He will not only see salvation, but he will make disciples on this earth. I, 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 am standing on that. And a lot of times the enemy comes in like a flood with all these scenarios of the way it could go. But I thank God, I thank God that he saw fit to heal my son. I thank God that he saw fit to heal my son. And it's not because of any goodness in myself. It's not because of any holiness of my own. It's not because of nothing, nothing that I have done. Because the enemy tried to make me feel like this sickness in my son was because of something. I stood there and I was like, Lord, did I do something wrong during my pregnancy? Did I do something? No. Because when I study the scripture, Sickness is not a punishment for sin because people could be so quick to say in the religious circles that are really of the devil and not of the Lord. Well, it's because you had a baby out of wedlock. This is the punishment because remember, (laughs) David, miss me with that. Miss me with that, because if that's the case, (laughs) many a baby will be around here. Sick, right? Amen. But sickness is not a punishment for sin. Rather, a part of life in a fallen and broken world. That, that's really what it is. Now, I'm not saying that sickness cannot result from sin, but ultimately, sickness is not punishment for sin. But of greater importance, sickness is an opportunity for God's power, his powerful works to be made manifest here on this earth. Because God is still doing miracles. He, is not, he, he doesn't change. He was doing miracles and signs and wonders then, and he's still doing miracles, signs and wonders now. And woe be it to any believer who does not believe, who does not believe that he can. But I believe, I believe in everything that God, that God can do, that God has done. This has motivated me though. I will say. Because of these trials and tribulations and these sufferings that I experienced, I am even more motivated now to pursue holiness, to follow after Jesus with everything that I have. Not because he's done something for me, but because I realize how sin can affect our faith. Like when we're believers and we start falling away into sin the enemy has this way of convincing uh, convincing us that we're not worthy of the children's bread of the healing of of God's love and so we don't we don't stand firm in the word because sin separ- sin definitely separates us from God it does it does it had it did in the beginning God had provided for them. God has shown himself true to Adam and Eve. But the moment, the moment that they ate and their eyes were open to evil and they knew not only good anymore, he called for them and they ran away. And there's many times when we sin, God is calling out to us, but in our shame in our guilt, because we're open to the evil that we see in ourselves and not the good that he has created us to be. That we run away from him. He's pursuing us, mercifully pursuing us, lovingly pursuing us. And yet we flee from him when it's the devil that we're supposed to flee from. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that anybody's worthiness in self is what made them a candidate for God's mercy, love, healing, nowhere. As a matter of fact, when he healed the woman with the issue of blood, when he heals Jairus' 12-year-old daughter, the paralyzed man with the four friends, nowhere does it tell us what they done wrong, neither what they done right, because it wasn't about who they were, but by the fact that they believed in who Jesus is. All of them were healed because of faith, because of their beliefs in what Jesus could do and who Jesus is because Jesus it is the word that heals. And it's the same thing now. Jesus, he is enough. Jesus is enough. Believing in Jesus is more than enough. His word has always been sufficient. His grace will always be sufficient. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit will always be sufficient. Sufficient for our healing, sufficient for us to walk in the way, sufficient for us in every single thing. Jesus, only Jesus, when he sent the disciples out to heal people, he tells them to take nothing with them. They didn't need anything else because all we need is Jesus. I realized when I was sitting in that hospital room that I didn't need a family member to show up. I didn't need anybody else there. All I needed was Jesus. It didn't matter what surgery he sent because if I spoke the word of Jesus over the hands, anybody could have, well, not anybody, wait a minute. Those who he have gifted in this particular field, I didn't need to research the doctor. I didn't need to, no, because one, the moment I prayed, and pleaded the blood and spoke Jesus' names over the hand of the surgeon, it was so, because Jesus, his word will always be enough. He has always been, he will always be enough. I encourage everyone to believe in him. Believe in him. Believe in him. Trusting and knowing that he can do it and even if he does not do it the way in which we see fit. His way is always, it's always perfect. And it's easy for someone to say that I'm only saying this because my son received the healing. But no. Because I told God, before I even knew he would be healed, I believed he would. Yes, I believed he would. But so did David. When he wept for seven days, after he got the word, that God was going to take his son, but he he tore his toes, and he, he pleaded and petitioned for his son. But the moment that they told him his son was gone, he got up, and he got dressed, and he went and worshipped the Lord. And I told God, even if you... Do the same with my mother and heal him on the other side. My theology will not change. You do not change. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God who heals. And the pain that I would have, I don't even, I can't even think of, imagine the pain I would have felt if it would have played out differently. But the God who heals is near to the brokenhearted. And he would have bound up my wounds. And this I know because I experienced it with the loss of my mother just eight days before this. But I thank you, Jesus, for healing my son. I thank you, Lord, for the word that I will stand firm on no matter how many reports want to tell me otherwise. I take it as an opportunity to testify to the miracles of Jesus Christ to make your name known. Every time they want to hit me with the opposite of the word that I know to be true, I'm, I'm going to take it as an opportunity to testify to what you have done and what you can do and who you are. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. 1 Peter 2 and 24 says, He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, willingly offering himself on it as an altar of sacrifice so that we might die to sin, becoming immune for the penalty and power of sin, and live righteous for by his wounds, you who believe have been healed. And I pink the amplified version because it specifies sin. And I tie it back to to the beginning sickness. It's not punishment for sin it's not punishment for sin it's not healing is a children's bread healing is a children's bread and by believing on the name of jesus we we who believe he give the right to become his children but believing in god and word is one thing but to believe in him in word and indeed to follow him, to deny ourselves, turn away from our sin, and follow Jesus makes us his children and his disciples. And I'm not saying that he's obligated and that he will heal every one of his children and every one of his disciples, but there was a power that comes. There was a power that comes in truly believing in the name of Jesus and truly following after Jesus wholeheartedly. And it's a power that can carry us through anything that this life throws at us. His name is Jesus. I wanna point out just for clarity, how I know that sickness is not a punishment for sin, right? So in John 9, one through three, the Amplified version, it says, while he was passing by, he noticed a man who had been blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? And Jesus answers, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed and illustrated in him. I believe the same thing for my son because he was born with this AVM unbeknownst to me. I found out at two and a half months, but he was born with it. And it's not because the enemy loves to creep in with some condemnation and lies to convince you that this is about something you did wrong instead of what God can do right to make his name. And make his power a testimony for a time such as this. But no, it says right here. But it was so that the works of God might be displayed and illustrated in him. And if God's so fit to use my son to get glory, to have another testimony for his name, for his power, then I am honored. And it was also an opportunity. It is also an opportunity. That I may grow in the grace and knowledge of God because something about trials makes us persevere, makes the true believer persevere in a way that causes us to get in the Word deeper, seek God more diligently. And again, I'm honored to be your servant. Oh, I didn't know that where this was going, but amen. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. And I encourage, I encourage everyone that hears this to believe in him. Believe in him. Nobody but Jesus. Nobody but Jesus is sufficient. Amen. Amen.